Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Can't find my episode. There it is. Thank God. <laughs> Megan said this one's going to be a doozy, so I just don't know why I did this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, first off, I wanted to say, because I think where we had She's to... sorry. Re- <laughs> There's that. Oh, this is the Witch's Magic Murder oh. Mystery Podcast. Hey, I'm Kara. I'm Megan. <laughs> we had to uh, re-record last week's episode, and I think when we did that, I forgot to say anything about the whole Spotify subscription. Oh, thing. yeah, yeah. So I want to make sure that it gets out to everybody. Yes. If you have a Spotify subscription, as you all may have remembered, I put this in the Facebook group. We changed podcast host platforms. So we used to be hosted by Spotify for podcasters Mm -hmm. and we moved. That is nothing against Spotify for podcasters. We love it. We still highly recommend it. It is such an easy way if you want to start. Oh, yeah. It's so easy. User Uh, friendly. It was great. Yeah. Super happy with all of it. We didn't move because there was a problem with it. Mm -hmm. It's just that for some ad stuff. We were just convinced to move to mm-hmm. a different thing. So because of that, though, I don't think the Spotify subscription <laughs> are going to continue. Yeah. I believe that if you currently have one, it has charged you for your last month and then it's going to end and that's it. If that applies to you, just please remember that you can subscribe on to our Patreon and you'll pay the same amount of money per month. And you'll get more. And you still get the ad-free episodes and the extra episodes. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's like witchy little blog posts. You get a discount code. Fun little videos. Yeah. So there's just some extras on the Patreon that you weren't getting if you were only subscribing on Spotify. So I just want to let you all know. Yeah. Okay. Before I get started, I'm going to give you trigger warnings for this episode. Oh, gosh. Sexual abuse. Oh, no. Incest. Oh, no. Child molestation. Oh, my gosh. I don't know why I'm doing this story. Like, I have no idea. I just found it and stuck with it. I hate this story. Oh, my God. But, I mean, here's what I should say. I do know why, and I'll get to it Okay. in the story. I know why I ultimately decided to do it. But, like, I stopped and started so many times. And I was like, Ooh. I can't do this. I'm going to yeah. go do a different one. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've got an alien story I want to uh-huh. do anyway. But here we go. Mm. Is there anything else you have before we get going? Oh, you want to talk some more before Can you we have talk to start about this else? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw someone posted on the, I forgot to respond to it because I was getting ready, but someone posted on the Facebook group. They're coming into Lexington next week and they want to know if the coffee shop's open. It's not yet. Oh, shoot. We've got a couple more weeks. Yeah. We've got to train our employees. But have fun when you come to Lexington. I know. Okay. We're going to February 5th, 1986. James Pearson was a 42-year-old father of three. His wife had died of kidney disease a year earlier. Oh, gosh. Okay. Leaving him alone with his two daughters, Cheryl, 16, and Joanne, 8. Oh, wow. And an 18 or 19-year-old son named Jimmy. Um, I'm not entirely sure if he was 18 or 19 yet, but I do know that he was old enough that he was not living at home anymore. Okay. The family lived in Selden, which was a middle-class town in Long Island, about 50 miles from New York City. 
It was super cold that day, so James got up that morning and put on his red and black hunting jacket before checking to make sure that Cheryl was up for school and Joanne was still asleep, and then he left for work. Okay. Seconds later, James Pearson was dead, face down in his driveway. Apparently, no one had heard the shots. Oh. He had been shot in the head. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. It looked like a professional hit, but the initial investigation didn't point to any suspects. Oh, wow. James' funeral was three days later, and a crowd of 150 people attended. Um. The eulogy prepared by Cheryl and Jimmy, his oldest children, said (gasps) in part, and think about it, they've already lost their mom. Right. That's what I was about to say, like a year before this. And the eulogy said, our dad was strong-willed but Mm soft-hearted. He treated some people like a brother or sister and some people like a daughter or son. He was our best friend. Oh, gosh. I know. A week later, a teenager named Sean Pico was arrested, charged with the murder. Oh. According to police... Cheryl had paid Sean to kill her dad. He'd hid behind a tree and shot James Pearson five times with a twenty-two caliber rifle that he'd bought in Queens. But why? Right. Huh. Here's what was known about Mr. Pearson at the time. Okay. He'd lived in Selden since he was a teenager, and he'd married Kathleen Adams three years after graduating high school. Mm. Also, this is so random, but in reading the story, I don't really mention this Mm. ever again, but... I think that Kathleen's brother Mm -hmm. married James's sister. Oh, wow. So, like. All their kids look alike. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, He was an electrician, and his main focus was working to provide for his family. So, in that way, I can totally relate to that because that was my dad. He had a very Mm blue-collar job, and he worked, you know, Mm -hmm. he left early in the morning and got back late at night. night. Yeah. And he just had has the strongest work ethic yeah. of anybody I know. Mm-hmm. Um, James and Kathleen had three children and they just lived your normal middle-class life. James was a strict dad. His kids were raised to say thank you, to perform chores and to be quiet when adults were talking. He was a little rough around the edges, kind of like gruff. And he had this whole like macho, mm-hmm. like a, a man's man. Right. It was the eighties. So. <laughs> um, he coached little league and he and Kathleen went bowling every week. This oh, is just my. your typical family. Yeah. And then in 1979, Kathleen got sick, diagnosed with a rare and terminal kidney disease. Okay. With Kathleen being sick, Cheryl, who was 10, had to step in and do more of the house stuff and help with her sister. She had to grow up mm-hmm. fast, right? Yeah. Cause suddenly she's the woman of the house. Right. Exactly. And she spent more and more time with her dad. Okay. With her mom being sick and away at the hospital, Cheryl was lonely and she felt like no one was paying attention to her. And then her dad started paying Mm -hmm. attention to her. According to Cheryl, the sexual abuse began when she was 11. Oh my God. At some point, she realized that what was going on was wrong, but she was afraid to do anything about it. Poor baby. Because... It would upset her mother, for one, and her mother is already dealing with so much. Oh, my gosh. The fact that she had to think about Mm -hmm. that. And plus, James told his daughter that no one would believe her anyway. Mm. Cheryl said he forced her to have sex with him multiple times over the last two years of his life. Oh, my gosh. From the New York Times, Cheryl says, I thought I'd just live through it, I guess. If I'd say no and start to cry, he'd get very nasty toward the whole house. So a lot of times I did it to make everyone else happy, to keep the peace in the house. Kathleen died on February 13th, 1985, three months before Cheryl's 16th birthday. 
Around the time of her Sweet 16 party is when Cheryl started dating her first serious boyfriend, Robert Cuccio, Mm. I think. C-U-C-C-I-O. True. Rob was the son of a New York City police officer and detective, and he helped Cheryl cope with losing her mother. At first, James didn't allow them to go out on dates alone. Like, Mm -hmm. Rob was allowed to see Cheryl only if he stopped by after school, and that's it. James wanted to get to know him, which that seems Mm -hmm. normal. Eventually, he started allowing his daughter to go out on dates with her boyfriend. The more time Cheryl spent out with Rob, the more she worried about what might be happening with her younger sister, Joanne, at home. She'd come home and Joanne would be watching television under the covers with her dad, just like Cheryl used to do. Mm -hmm. And she said, I remember how it started like that with me. Cheryl never told anyone. No family, no friends, no neighbors, no one. Oh, my gosh. There was this lounge at school called the timeout room, which Mm -hmm. was a place where students could talk to staff about problems that they were afraid to talk about at home, which I think is a brilliant thing. I hope it still exists. But she couldn't bring herself to talk to them either. She said sometimes she'd look in there and it would be like a teacher she didn't like or didn't come up with. And other times she was just like, I just can't. Oh, my gosh. She was embarrassed and convinced that no one would believe her. Uh, Plus, she was like, what if they contacted my dad? Oh, right. And asked him questions. What's going to happen to her then? Yeah. Plus, if something were to happen to him, mm-hmm. their mom is dead. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And even if this was before her mom died, that she, you know, because mm-hmm. this went on for years before her mom died. Yeah. There's still this thing of like, my mom is so sick. If they were to like arrest my dad or something, right. what happens? Then? Right. Exactly. She had so much to think about. Poor baby. Rob suspected that something was happening to his girlfriend. I was afraid to confront Cheryl about it. He says, we were having a little argument and it came out. I said, I know what your dad is doing to you. Oh my gosh. Cheryl's face turned red. And at first she denied it, but finally she told Rob what was going on. She started to cry. And then she said, you're right, Rob, but you can't tell anybody. Oh my gosh. Then in November... There was a story in the news about a woman who'd hired someone to kill her husband. And Cheryl was like, who would be crazy enough to do that? And Sean, the boy who would eventually go on to shoot James Pearson, said, I'd do it if the money was right. (gasps) Cheryl asked how much, and Sean said $1,000. According to Cheryl, this is the first time it had ever occurred to her that she could hire someone to kill her dad. Oh, my gosh. She and Rob came up with $400, and Sean agreed to do it. I want to stop here real quick and just say um, one of those sources for this was an article from the New York Times from like 1986, like right after okay. this happened. It's in mm-hmm. the show notes. It's a New York Times article. It's great. Um, it is written like before the trial even. Oh, wow. Okay. There's some things they say in the article that it's like the story changes later. Mm. And I don't know how much those details matter. Oh, but okay. In later articles... Not from the New York Times, but other articles. And I'm also just like, I don't know which one's true. Right, Right, exactly. It says that, so first off, Cheryl sort of, I don't know if it's an effort to protect Rob or what, but there's some like, no, Rob wasn't involved with this at all. Mm -hmm. Some people say Rob is the one who paid Sean. Like Cheryl gave him the money and then Rob. Okay. Yeah. It's also a question of did they pay Sean before he killed James Mm -hmm. or after? Okay. Not real clear on that. Yeah. And it's just because, like I said, some of the things that were the said before the trial differ, yeah. versus after are a little different. Yeah. The key things seem to be consistent. So 
After the murder, police had received an anonymous phone call saying that Cheryl had been looking for a hitman. When Cheryl was brought in for questioning, she confessed. Mm. Medical tests showed that she was pregnant. Nope. According to Cheryl, the baby was her father's. And I'll go ahead and tell you that weeks later, she miscarried. And laboratory tests showed that the baby was not her father's. Okay. That's the first time that Jimmy Pearson, the older brother, had ever heard about his father's alleged abuse of his sister. At that point, when he spoke of the murder, he said, I'm only sorry I didn't do it myself. So he 100% believed her wholeheartedly. Yes. Okay. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all over mm-hmm. again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo, uh-huh. T-Y-M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top of the line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we gosh. got a so straightener and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay. So I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which i noticed immediately Mm -hmm. i didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually i do because usually i have all those wild like curls left over the wind power on this thing is intense it's wild like i turned it up i was like let's play with these buttons okay so it has three magnetic styling attachments they're all amazing you know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like oh my gosh this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's gonna be so tangled not with this one nice and it's magnetic so it's great so right now you guys our listeners can get 30 percent off their first order at timobeauty.com t-y-m-o beauty.com using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Cheryl's sexual allegations against her father tore apart what was left of her family. Jimmy, like I said, he believed his sister. Cheryl's grandmother, James's mother, did not. Mm. Nobody can tell me that my son did this to his daughter. Nobody. She even said something like, if the mother, Virgin Mary, came down and said, this happened, I would be like, no, I don't believe you. Oh. Cheryl's aunt, James's sister, echoes that sentiment and says she could have told someone. Oh. And to that, Cheryl was just like, no one would have believed me. And if they had, what could they have done? Right. Grandma sitting here saying, I would not even believe, I wouldn't believe right. you. I wouldn't believe the Virgin right. Mary. Like, no. There were people who said they suspected some sort of abuse, but weren't sure about it, or they felt like they couldn't pry. Cheryl's uncle saw James put his arm around Cheryl and grab her breast. Oh, God. A neighbor overheard strange things from Joanne. And one of Cheryl's classmates, this infuriates me, 
One of Cheryl's classmates was so sure that something was wrong at the house mm-hmm. that she had gone to the guidance counselor at school over it. Yeah. But the guidance counselor was like, sorry, Cheryl has to come to us herself. <gasps> what? I feel like surely that has to be different now. And I hope so. Just brush off those kind of allegations. But I cannot believe that someone was told this. Someone who's a guidance counselor was oh. told this and was like, mm, sorry. We don't hear it from her. Must not be true. <gasps> oh, gross. But there were plenty of people who didn't believe Cheryl. I already told you about her aunt and mm-hmm. grandmother. James's business partner said it was simply impossible. Another friend of okay, his but said... you just know him from a business aspect. Another friend of his said that there just wasn't any proof. All they had was Cheryl's word. Okay. Like that means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> According to this side, Cheryl had plenty of motives that had nothing to do with sexual abuse. Her dad's estate was worth $500,000. Maybe she wanted more freedom to see her boyfriend. (laughs) Maybe she was terrified of what would happen when he found out that she was pregnant. Cheryl said that James already knew she was pregnant and was really stressed about it because he knew that it could be his. When this went to trial, the prosecutor was like, whether or not she was sexually abused by her father, she still should be punished for his murder. Quote, all she had to do was go to the police. That's what they're there for. Mm. And that is why mm. I decided ultimately to do this episode. Yeah. When I got to that. Because I'd already read enough. Yeah. <laughs> I get his point. I get that he thinks he has a point there. Right. Right. But look at everything that's happening around this case and you see the problem with his point. Right. Right. Look at all the people who don't believe her. Exactly. Her own family. Yeah. Who is she supposed to run to? And when you're the person in that position, mm-hmm. the risk of not being believed is just oh. too terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Victims of sexual abuse are already on the wrong side mm-hmm. of a power dynamic. Yep. Their abuser has power over them that maybe they can't even explain. But they're afraid. Yeah. And if they make this accusation, they better damn well have ironclad proof. Right. Because if they don't, if they aren't believed, mm-hmm. now their abuser is going to be angry. Yep, exactly. And they find out that yeah. you've told someone. Yeah, exactly. Let alone the police. Yeah. That's, I, and how many stories have we talked about, whether on this podcast or just me and you together, mm-hmm. and we've all seen them in the news, when the police don't help you yeah exactly how many times are women let alone children yeah <laughs> not believed yeah well and the i mean there's epos out there but it's a piece of paper honestly and it how's that going to protect you i have i have no faith in epos yeah yeah no i talked to a friend of mine about this once he's an attorney and i asked him about epos mm-hmm. and he was like well, yeah, they're going to make the police get to you quicker. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's, yeah, sure. But like, it's not going to keep him from showing up. Right, exactly. They'll still show up. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I still have to be able to call the police. Yeah. Yeah. What, what if, if I can't get there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's easier to brush it under the rug than get people involved. So it is not as simple as just going to the police Mm -hmm. or just telling someone. Yep. Cheryl's I mean, clearly telling someone from her friend's point of view didn't work either. 
Yeah, her friend tried. And people, several people noticed that things were off about her and knew that it was this was probably it. The fact that they guessed sexual assault instead of just being like, "Oh, maybe she's being neglected at home." And then the whole thing of like, we suspected something, but we weren't sure. And that's not an accusation you want to make when you're not sure. Yeah, I get yeah. it. But still, all you're risking is being wrong. Yeah. Her going forward is risking like worse right. abuse. Uh-huh. Or more abuse I mean, on her sister. Yeah. People have been murdered. Yep. Cheryl's attorney argued that she'd experienced long-term trauma and couldn't see reasonable alternatives. The only way to make it stop and to make sure it didn't happen to her younger sister was to kill him. Mm-hmm. This quote was also in that New York Times article. Again, it's dated 1986. So I don't know how current this is. Okay. But at the time, this was what was happening. Okay. Because this is at the time this is all going on. Yeah. Quote, social workers, lawyers, and psychologists often claim that society habitually presumes that children who claim they are abused are lying. This presumption, they argue, often inhibits young people who need help from seeking it. There was a whole thing with the trial. It goes, the big question is, of course, it's not who did it. It's justifiable homicide. It's the question of justifiable homicide. Okay. Um, and if they believe that Cheryl was telling the truth about right. being abused, what right. does that mean? Should she be treated the same as if she wasn't being abused and had her father murdered? Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. They could sentence her to several years in jail to no jail time and just probation. Right. right. There was like a whole... Mm-hmm. She could be doing life There's or so she could be doing. Yeah. And then Sean, the shooter, there's another there's more questions there where Cheryl insists that she never told Sean why she wanted him to kill her dad. Gotcha. Sean insists that he knew why. He said that she did tell him. I have no idea why that's in question. Yeah. For one, why would she not tell him? Why would she just say, I just want you to kill him? But right. And him agree. Yeah. Yeah. On the other hand, I mean, because the way from her into things, it makes it sound like, yeah, he just wanted to kill he somebody. He didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, whoa. For the right amount of money, he'll do it. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's one reason why he would lie about it. It's like, yeah. oh, no, I knew why. And that, it, oh, it that was my motivation. Look better. Right. Yeah. That was his motivation. But I just think it. it's surprising either way. Yeah. For her not to have told him, it just seems like you would want to explain, I want you to kill my dad. Here's why. Here's what's going on. Rather than, I just want you to kill my dad. Yeah. Sean pleaded guilty to manslaughter and was sentenced to 24 years in prison. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. He only ended up serving 16. She's 16 still. He got out in 2002. While he was in prison, he did a lot of higher education things. Okay. He has several degrees now oh and like advanced degrees. And now he runs a program providing education and life skills training for former inmates. Oh, how cool. When he's asked now if he believes yeah. her story, he's like, yeah, I believed it then and I still believe uh-huh. it now. So Rob, the boyfriend. Oh, yeah. He was 20 by the time this went to trial. He pleaded guilty to criminal solicitation and was given probation. Okay. Cheryl pleaded guilty to manslaughter, and she was sentenced to six months in jail. Okay. She served about three and a half, and then she was released early for good behavior. On January 19, 1998, Cheryl walked out of the Suffolk County Jail, and there were three people waiting for her. Okay. Rob, the boyfriend. Oh. Um, I know. Her brother, Jimmy. hmm And then their friend, Craig. Okay. Joanne is not mentioned. Oh. And... I did read that at the time of the murder, 
and mm-hmm. things like that when all this came out. Jimmy backed up his sister. Joanne did not. But Joanne was like eight or nine years old. Right. And so I don't know what she thought right. or what she understood. Yeah. But I didn't read any more about her, even mm-hmm. in the articles that are written much more recently that kind of interview Cheryl. There's just no mention of her relationship with Joanne, which makes me think. Yeah. And after James was killed, you know, like, like I said, they'd already mm-hmm. lost their mother. Joanne went to live with her grandma. aunt and grandma. Oh. So, yeah. The same night that Cheryl got out of jail, Rob proposed. Oh, the couple waited three years after marrying to have their first daughter, Samantha. And then three years after that, they had another daughter. Oh, they wow. named Casey. Cheryl made sure that she worked jobs that would allow her to be present in her daughter's lives. She was there for every school play, dance recital, and class trip. We were very protective of them, she says. I wasn't going to let anyone hurt them. I've raised two beautiful, intelligent, caring, and loving children whom I am very proud of. Mm-hmm. Cheryl wrote a book about this experience. It's called Incest, Murder, and a Miracle. The true story behind the Cheryl Pearson murder for hire headlines. So that's it. The articles are so, like the recent articles, they really focus on Rob and Cheryl's relationship. The fact that they are still together. Yeah. And like Rob speaks so highly of her. Is Rob's family involved in their lives? Do we know? I don't know. I'm just so curious with his dad being a cop and stuff. You know, they did talk to Rob's dad. I think in that New York Times article, but they were like, you know, did you ever notice anything? Right. And it was just like, I don't know, you know, he he seemed kind of rough, but like, yeah, we didn't really know. We did notice they had him over for dinner. I think it was like the Christmas before James died. And they were like, Cheryl was definitely quieter than usual when um, he was around. Yeah. You know? But nobody, it doesn't seem that they were in the group yeah. that had really noticed anything. But I do believe they believed her because they yeah. didn't believe their son. Right. Rob says this whole thing is full circle, going from a beaten down, abused person to being the strong survivor that she is. Mm. Cheryl is meant to help people. She has already helped so many, but this is what she's meant to do. I look up to her every day. I know. (laughs) I mean, it's really something that with what she went through, she found a boyfriend like him. Yeah. That wasn't a piece of trash. Yeah. And then she says, Rob saved me. My whole life, he protected me and gave me the strength that I wasn't able to speak up for myself as a kid. Which is like, oh, that's so sweet. That's really sweet. So I just, especially in the in the earlier article, the New York Times article, yeah. the whole thing from her aunt. Like at one point, her aunt said she was recounting the story to the New York Times. And uh-huh. she was like, I asked her why, if he was doing all these horrible things to her, why didn't she just kill him herself? <gasps> and do you know what she said to me? She said, how could I do that? I loved him. And yeah. and acted like that was Wh- why not yeah. possible or something. Yeah. Why are you, why are you questioning this? She was a girl. Kid. Yeah. I just huh. I don't know. I just get really upset when people who don't. are victims aren't believed. Right, exactly. And I do understand that there have been people who aren't victims. Right. And are taking advantage of the system. Yeah. Yeah. But you it's almost like you got to start with believing mm-hmm. and look for things to prove you wrong. Right. Maybe. But yeah. like start with belief. Yeah. Because that's how abusers get away with it. Right. Is because they know. And that's how victims become more and more beaten down and not. Themselves. Yeah. It's stories like yeah. this that just make you so afraid to say anything. Exactly. Oof. Okay. Well, wow. That's your horrible story for the week. Good for her for moving on and yeah. growing up and. Yeah, and she's really 
made what sounds like a really lovely life for herself and her yeah. daughters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you all so much for listening. Yeah. Thanks for that, Megan. <laughs> You're welcome. We love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.